You gotta be kidding me. The audacity of a man, the audacity of you, Cody, to return like that. You have been gone for five weeks while I've been here doing the work, being undeniable. Oh my God, the audacity of Cody. What kind of man sends another man to do his work? Did you see what I did to Dustin? Did you see what Anna Jay did to Brandy? What kind of man, Cody? What kind of man lets his wife post Instagram thirst traps while calling me daddy? What kind of man stays away in a little bubble? A man like you, Cody. But you are no man. You are a coward. Give me that silver. Give it to me. Get the hell out of here. Cody, you can run on for a long time, but sooner or later, Brody Lee is gonna cut you down. And I am gonna take this dog collar, Cody. I am gonna wrap it around your neck. I am gonna wrap it around that God-forsaken tattoo. And you, Cody, will have nowhere, nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. You, Cody. You have one week to answer me. Are you a man or are you a coward? It's Wednesday. You know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, man. R.I.P. Brody Lee, man. Uh, I couldn't figure of a way to, you know, start this show better than that way. And giving, you know, homage to the man himself. That was a good-ass promo. Yeah, bro. It was, that was great. A, that was a really good fucking promo. <laughs> that shit had funny parts. He was serious. He's dangerous. Like, he just... Man, that was good, bro. He, um... Shit, that shit gave me goosebumps a little bit. Fuck. Right? <laughs> Crazy, bro. Oh, man. And, you know, this is the 20 by 20 podcast. I'm Nathan McFly. You're your boy B-I-N-G being you heard. And, and like, like that, you know, it's Wednesday. You know what that means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we got to, like I said earlier, pay homage to the man Brody Lee. Gave us, gave us some classics. Gave us just some like really, really fond, really great moments in pro wrestling in general. You know what I'm saying? Yo, let me let me tell you. Since he's been to AEW, I don't watch BTE, right? Because I just don't like. I just feel like them niggas act nerdy just for the sake of being nerds. You feel me? Yeah. I feel like they play on that shit too much, and it's just it's over. It's overdose of the overdoing it of the comedy. But yo, some of those Dark Order skits where he's smacking people with the rolls of paper and calling them a little <laughs> yo bitch. Yo, I was crying, nigga. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, yo, this <laughs> is fucking great. Give us an hour of this. Like, what the fuck? They get two minutes per episode. Like, nah, son. They wildin'. They missed out on the opportunity with that. But, yo, he did some good work there. Promo oh, Phenomenal, phenomenal work he did in Just, AEW. like, that whole thing. He took the Dark Order from being corny to actually being legitimately dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like... And, yo, he's just ill, bro. Like, niggas forget how big this man was. Just height, weight-wise, like, the agility, 
the speed, the timing, how he was safe in the ring. Everyone that wrestles him be like, yo, the safest, you know, so super safe. He looked like he was crushing you, but if would hit feel like a feather when he hit you, that type of thing. Like, dude was super talented, bro. We lost. That's a big talent, man. That guy. Oh, definitely, bro. He, he probably was gonna be someone they were gonna. He was in the top of their talent of some people they were gonna push forward and people they were gonna get behind. And it's just crazy that nigga, forty one years old. Like, nigga, I'm thirty seven, nigga. Like, goddamn. Yeah, man. It's only you know only a four year age gap. And... Right, bro. And it's just, it it hurts, man. It just hurts because it was just so sudden. You didn't know yeah. he, you didn't know he was he's suffering from anything. When you know he was taken off TV after that, after that dog collar match with Cody, you know they were saying that he had a recurring knee injury, and that that was a knee injury that that kind of like harbored on him when he was in WWE as well. And you were just like, "Fuck again!" Like this nigga right. just got going, and this nigga gets injured again. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, fuck, man. This nigga can't catch a break. So, you know, seeing all that, you were just waiting. You were waiting for the new year to come around. And hopefully, you know, he'll come back. Because like you said, like, he gave the Dark Order life. When he, yes. when like, this time that he wasn't there, to be honest, the one person that actually stood out from the Dark Order was the one person that was around him all the time. John Silver. John Silver. Listen, you know? low-key, John Silver's a star. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he's like, he, yo, nigga Little and, and Brolic like Rey Mysterio when he came to WWE. You know what yeah, I'm saying? He's like, he's built like Pac, but he's like yeah. four shorter than him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, and and then, like, it will really fucking hurt throughout all this shit was that dude from um, Pro Wrestling Torch, uh, Bruce Mitchell. I don't know if you heard about what happened with that. I heard he got fired for talking about like the question. Yeah, so let me let me just put you on real quick. So this motherfucker puts out a whole article, like a whole a whole fucking spread, talking about how AEW and his wife John Uber, aka Luke Harper, aka Brody Lee, his wife is hiding the fact that he died from COVID and hiding it because it's gonna benefit AEW for AEW to keep filming television wow and you know and since the moment she announced his death she said it was not covid related he was just dealing with a lung issue right a lung that he's had too like this is something he's been dealing with since wwe days that i didn't know oh see i didn't know that part i didn't know that was something i thought it was just something that just came about it's something that started back then and was causing problems and whatever, and I guess they got it handled. But the fact that he was at the Mayo Clinic, which yeah. is for like infectious diseases, breathing diseases, and shit like that, this is not something that just happened. This has to have been something that he's been dealing with. You know what I'm saying? Because that place is not going to take you for some bronchitis. Like now, if you tell them niggas, "Hey, I've had a bronchial infection for three months," they fucking stick you in the ICU because there's some other shit going on with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the fact that he was there. Says that, you know, he was sick with something, but why the fuck would she come out and lie? Her husband just died, bro. Exactly. Like, and are then, you right now? Yo, but this this article came out, like, the next day, I think it, it was. The next day he came out, this year. like, Cassius Ono went in on him. Yeah, and like, yo, what? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, 
And then she wrote a post. And what, what hurts the most is that she had to come out with a post talking about this whole mess. And how some people just feel like they're they're supposed to know. You know what I'm saying? And she yep. said like her husband was a was an enclosed person. He didn't want all his shit out there like that. So she respected it. She even told the doctors, nurses, anybody that was in the hospital that knew he was there. Listen, don't put it on social media. Don't do this. Don't do that. Please, for the respect of my of my husband. Right. And you know they did it. This motherfucker thinks he he has all the right in the world to know exactly what happened with this guy, thinking that there's something else there. Just because he was a public figure. Yo, on some real shit, if you didn't watch wrestling for the past 10 years and you seen this nigga in Target, you'd be like, oh, this is just some regular dude. Yeah, right. You it's know what I'm saying? Like, but the nigga, this is the problem with wrestling, and I'm using the air quotations, even though, you know, I hate that shit. <laughs> journalists, right? These niggas are herbs. They're herbs. And they need to be... Yo, they never made it as a wrestler. They never got into the business. They couldn't even be a ref. They probably wouldn't know how to put a ring together if you sat there and explained it to them and drew this shit out for them. These niggas are desperate to be in the limelight. And to be in the limelight, they are willing to do anything. Yep. How are you going to go and write an article like that the day after this man passes, B? Like, what is wrong with you? Makes no sense, Why? bro. No sense. Oh, Nigga ended up getting fired for that. You know what I mean? And you can, and then you know what's crazy is that in in the post they put that that they fired him, like they they kind of like talked highly about him, and it didn't seem like that's something that they wanted to do. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it didn't seem like, ah, oh, damn, we gotta fire this nigga. Word, word, really? You know what I'm saying? They didn't have a choice at that time, bro. They 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 knew that if they would have kept him on. That would have just hurt their credibility even more because you got this person writing this, which is basically satire, because you have no facts. How are you gonna? They're hiding it. They're hiding the fact he died of COVID. AEW's hiding it. They're in collusion, and it's this whole fucking Montreal screw job all over again. And it's like, bro, this woman's husband just died. I don't think she's trying to cover wrestling angles right now. She just lost her man. She got raised two kids now by herself. I don't think she give a fuck about. AEW's bottom line. I think maybe you can look at it like that after the fact now, a couple of days later, like they, there could be a possibility. But even if there is, that's none of anybody's fucking business, my nigga. Exactly. This man just passed away. Let him rest in peace. And if he did die of COVID, that fucking sucks. And if AEW doesn't want to put that out there, listen, they don't got to put that out there. This man was in the hospital. It's not like he died in fucking Daly's place. You know what I mean? He was under the care of physicians and passed away. Whatever they say he passed of is whatever I'm going to believe. I don't care about any other bullshit conspiracy theory or they're trying to hide it for their bottom line. I don't give a fuck. You know what? How many times has WWE probably done that shit over the years? You're not going to sit there and start nitpicking shit like that. At the end of the day, a person still passed away. You know what I mean? It's like this thing is not dead. So that's that bullshit. I don't like that shit at all, bro. That shit is trash. you You don't disrespect the dead. You know, you respect the family. You know, he has two young sons. That right. everything, and then this, that's the shit with, with this day and age. Everything is recorded. You right. know what I'm saying? Whether whether it, whether it be vocal or through through Twitter, Instagram, everything, everything, everything is in a vote right now. The, it, 
Right. It's there for life. This kid can grow up and look this dude's name up and see that he wrote this article. And, yo, he might just get big booted in Disca's clothesline, like, right there on the spot. And I wouldn't even think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Get out of here with that. And, you know, like, a a lot of people were getting at WWE for not doing uh, the 10 bell or even a video package trim. I could kind of understand a little the video package, but I still feel that that's something for his new employer to do. I don't know. I, Yo, that's just me. You know what they I'm got, saying? They're filming a whole thing for him. Like, they got a whole video thing that they're going to do. Like, you know, the WWE documentary type shit. They got a whole thing that they're filming. For, obviously, nobody knew he was going to pass away. But as soon as he passed, they started getting people together to film testimonials and all that shit. They have something coming for him. Like, what they did, what they by not presenting something on Monday, maybe they're holding it to present something bigger later. And at the end of the day, he didn't work for the company anymore, and he left on bad terms. So it's like, well, not not really. You know what I'm saying? He just, like, yeah. I mean, he he just told like Vince, like, yo, listen, if you're not gonna use me, let me go. Right. You know and what Vince I'm saying? And six you know, Vince <laughs> is like, yo, but Vince, you know, he he's he like they always said. If you're not, like, really happy, happy, if you're not happy, and you haven't signed a new contract within the last, like, two years, and your contract is coming up, fine. I'm gonna let you go. You're gonna have to be, you're gonna have to go on a 90-day clause, because, you know, now, you know, other niggas is trying to eat off the plate at the moment. Yeah, then, he had to go on a 180-day clause. (laughs) No, I think it was 90 days. Because nah, oh no 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 bro. it was other days oh. taxed on because of because of him being right. injured yeah you're right 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 it's all good you know what I'm saying yeah. but I th- I think you know maybe the maybe if what they could have done is is like let the let the talent in the locker room come up with something for like the first two minutes of you know of the show to show some like you know show some respect and remembrance but I mean through the show we seen. Other talent, you know, do something on TV live. I mean, and, you seen uh, and, Drew McIntyre open up the show with, you know, Brody lines. Right. But they took all of those things that people were doing. And if you go to WWE's Instagram right now, they got a, a post up with all the peop- the shit people did. Drew's shit, Xavier with the clothesline, Ricochet with the clothesline, um, um, Homeboy from Retribution coming out and doing that thing that he did with like, his fucking... Yeah. With his, hands, they, yeah. with his hands, like, they have all that shit in the video, and I'm just like, yo, they gotta have something for this. It, probably by SmackDown, they'll have it ready, bro. Yeah. If not, they'll but have I, it for, I rather, bro, like... I feel like, you know, if you didn't do it Monday, don't worry about it now. Because, to be honest, everything that AEW is doing tonight, because we're recording this on a Wednesday, everything that right. they're doing tonight is... Is definitely you know valid. You know what I'm saying. They have to do this. You know what I mean. Like, if anything, he was besides Moxley, he could have had the biggest pop on his debut if they didn't have to. If they didn't have to um cancel that that show where they were gonna have like their own type of war games match, the blood and guts match. Yeah, he was supposed to debut then. Yeah, in Rochester, which is his hometown. You know what I'm saying. If he would have did, oh my god, that the roof on that. Fucking building would have fucking caved in, bro. You know what right. I'm saying? He would have had the best, the best debut since Moxley. And 
what a, another thing he cut his not only is he from there but he cut his teeth in that region yeah in new york in canada in boston in rhode Jer- island jersey too like, in the right in the upper northeast in philly and baltimore like this is where big rig became brody lee you know what yeah. i mean yeah and from that that's how he got his you know his wwe contract but Nigga, the, you're right. The place would have went... They would have went nuts for him if he would have debuted. And he wasn't supposed to be, from what I was reading, he was supposed to be a babyface. But since everything got pushed back and then the, Matt Hardy got let go and all that other shit, they were teasing it that he was going to be the exalted one and they flipped it and they had to be Brody Lee, which was cool because he did his thing. Like, he took that group from being a joke to make he made them legit. All it oh, took yeah. was one nigga and he made them legit. Like... And it just goes to show you how good of a talent he was because he came in and literally from in one night, the niggas went from the dork order to the fucking dark order on some shit. They were like, oh, oh, these niggas is not playing right now. They really fucking people up. Exactly. And yo, his viciousness and the way he wrestled and the way he looked, like, it just brought a legitimacy to them. You know what I mean? And like, I think he could have made it as a baby face. I think so. I think... He could have done the same thing he was doing and still been a babyface and still gotten over. I just feel like he was that talented, but what they did with him was dope. It was perfect. It was perfect. Perfect, bro. It was perfect, man. Shit is sad, man. It makes you look at things and nearly make puts a lot of things into perspective as far as health and healthcare and all of that shit and you know wrestlers not having insurance and not being able to get insurance because of their profession. And it kind of makes you look at it like, yo, we need to take better care of, 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 of these athletes, bro. Yeah. Like athletes need to be, have insurance or have something in, 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 in line to help them out in a situation like that with a non resting injury, which is with an injury that has nothing to do with what he's doing in the ring. How do you deny a person healthcare for that? You know what I'm saying? This man got kids. You know what ah, I mean? Definitely, definitely, man. You know. And yet, AEW went above and beyond by signing his son and putting him on the fucking payroll and getting a check like he fucking works there and then paying for his training when he gets of age and all this crazy shit that they did. And it's just like, that is so dope. But they shouldn't have to do that. Because if he had insurance... Or if he had some type of some type of an insurance type of a policy in a, in a way, who knows what what could have been or what could have happened? Like who knows how much shit he went through to even get in to the Mayo Clinic and probably paying that shit out of pocket, my nigga. Like yo, that's probably yeah. no, no, bro. definitely, 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 bro. But that that conversation, it, it's. It's confusing, bro, because there's a lot of things that come into the mix when you talk about unionizing and getting health benefits and all that shit. And then, you know, the cost of putting on these shows start adding up even more to, you know, the promoter, the guy running running the fucking shows. Is it really worth it? If I don't have the top, top talent, you know what I'm saying? The way things are paid, like you have one payroll for your talent you have one payroll for your production you got another payroll for your security and your backstage people and it's like everything is split up into different budgets and it's like can you fit an insurance policy in there 
you know, you're talking about what what does AEW have? Seventy five wrestlers active, maybe eighty. Yeah, yeah something in total. like that. Yeah. Maybe 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 a hundred people in total appear on camera. Like so that's talent. That's already a hundred people right there. And then you gotta like yeah, it is a very confusing and, and it's a deep dive of a conversation, but a situation like this is where this conversation needs to come up amongst those people in that position of power and try and figure something out as to how do we not have another situation like this happen? Like, granted, we don't know. I mean, yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, you know, like like you said, like, shit that happens outside the ring. Right, right, right. You right, know what right. I'm saying? Like, it, it's that you can't control that. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can't control it. What you can do as an organization, as a promotion, is help the person through it. Absolutely. You know, and we we heard a lot of cases, you know, with, with wrestling promoters, especially Vince, who's paid for drug rehab programs, who's paid for <laughs> rehab, just, just regular medical rehab for people. Not his own pocket. You know what I'm saying? That holds rehab five times. And he wasn't even signed. Right. And he wasn't even working for the cut. Nigga was in WCW. People don't remember that. Do you remember this? Yeah. Well, the last year, in 2000, his last year under contract in WCW, he only appeared on camera like eight fucking times. Yeah, because he was coming out with a fucking drink every time. Right. Vince, (laughs) Vince got in contact with WCW's management and said, I'm going to pay for his rehab because I don't know what the fuck y'all doing, but he's still fucked up. And that's why he didn't appear on TV for almost the whole last half of 2000 because he was in fucking rehab. Nigga, when he was going to DDP shit, Vince helped pay for that too. You're talking about years after being off a contract. And he's not the only person that he's done that for. X-Pac too. X-Pac. Yo, just incredible, bro. And he was in fucking ECW. <laughs> but even like after after being, you know, out of WWE, like when he went back after ECW tanked and right. was only there right. for a little bit. Right. And still left. You know, like it's just it's just shit like that. And of course, of course, Vince has done people wrong from what from what we heard and seen. You know, we're not gonna give him all the praises and, and forget about what he's done. But do at that. the end of the day, you can't say he hasn't done anything good. Absolutely, and the people that say that are just Vince haters, bro. At the end of the day, because if he, if there was a way for him, if he, if, let's say Brody Lee was working for WWE, and the niggas out, and this is what's wrong with him, you don't think he would have thrown top dollar, top doctors, top specialists? Yeah, but he's, he's done it before. No, you no, definitely, I mean? definitely. But we don't know, like. The the severity of this of this lung right. issue he had, you know what I'm saying, and that that, that's thing. what kills me because you know, like I said earlier, two two little ones at home, a right. wife left right. with these kids, you know what I'm saying, right. and she seems like a really strong woman, and you know, I just all all the all the blessings, love, and everything to that family, bro. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying. Like, Jer- Jericho says something on the AEW in the beginning when he was like. You know, we were putting Brody, he used all his names. We're putting him in a category of like, you know, Eddie Guerrero and Owen Hart of people who nobody had a problem with. Yep. And no one has a bad thing to say. And then Jim Ross was like, 
that might be the list right there. It might just be those three. And Jericho's like, you know what? It might just be those three. That nobody had a bad thing to say. And he's like, that's why this hurts everybody so much. We're not trying to gas it for the sake of just gassing it. We're seeing this because this is legit. Like, I didn't even know him that long, and it broke my heart. And I'm just, I'm listening to this shit, and I'm just like, yo, a lot of wrestlers have died this year, bro. But certain certain talents have stuck out with the amount of outpouring of love from their peers and or their colleagues. And with all the people that died this year, and I'm throwing, you know, we lost Fink, and we lost Pat, and, like, we lost Zeus. Like, we lost some people that touched some lives that were legit stars. But no one has been showed more love than Brody than, uh, with him passing this year. Yeah, Nobody. Man, just when you're just a good human, bro, when you're just a good person in general. Right. You know, that, that's going to speak volumes. That's going to speak over anything you did in your career. But his career in wrestling just put it over even more of him as a person. But um, I just, before we get off this topic, man, give me, like, your favorite your favorite Luke Harper, Brody Lee moment. Favorite match. Oh, favorite match. Yo, that match he had with Randy at, I don't know if it was Elimination Chamber. Yeah, two, 2014. Bro, what a fucking match with him and man, Randy Orton. Yes. Um, him winning the Intercontinental title was a big deal. Yes. And, yo, when, you know, even though that, that match started with, you know, uh, the authority fucking up uh, Ziggler. <laughs> um, yo, dude, the way he hit him with that clothesline, bro. Yeah, bro, the clothesline. Um, let's see, what when he came back... And they put him and Rowan as the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah. They were just running through everyone. How they destroyed everyone, won the tag titles, and it didn't look like they were going to lose them shits. You At know Mania. What I mean? <laughs> At Mania, exactly. Like, I got a couple of them when Wyatt Family debuted, and he would he wouldn't say anything. And remember, his his first tank top was a dirty fucking white, was a dirty, dingy white one. You know what's they crazy? Dirty, dingy gray one. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Cesaro said... He, those tank tops are actually clean. That yeah. he would do anything just to get the white off of it and then clean it. But all the tank tops are clean. <laughs> yeah. And he, I remember him doing an interview and people, he would tell people like, you know, I am human. I do do laundry. I'm not an animal. He's like, <laughs> you know, it's wrestling gear. <laughs> and I would laugh at that. And I was like, yeah. All his, bro, his matches with Dean... That Wyatt family against the Shield. Wyatt versus Usos. Just, bro, he, 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 underrated talent, one of the better big men that we've seen in a long time. He can mix it up and, and get, get brawl with you. You can see that he's a technician from his days of Chikara, like, and doing all that technical shit, being the base for all those luchadors, like, the dude was ill, bro. But as far as personally, th- those are some of my personal favorite moments. And and when he beat the holy living shit out of Cody and took the TV title off of him, which oh, was a shock. Hell yeah, that was a shock because I didn't think they were gonna let. I don't think he was. I didn't think he was gonna squash him. But that that was another ill moment for me. And it was kind of like a. It was kind of like a look at look at how good I am, bro. And you didn't do anything with me, type of moment. Now look dude, where I am. I think now, that moment came in his first match with Moxley. I was oh. so upset that they had, they had Moxley choke him out. I'm like, 
Oh, as long as he didn't tap out. So I was just like, what the fuck? I'm like, yo, what are they going to do with this guy now? But, you know, weeks rolled on. Weeks rolled on. And then he got into the little issue with Cody. Fucking just demolished Cody. And I was like, oh, shit. They, they're probably going to really do something with this guy, you know, later on in, the, you know, next year. I could have, I, I was, t- I was telling myself that 2021 was going to be a big year for him and, and the whole Dark Order. Like, they, they looked like a faction that could really go through and collect belts. You know what I'm saying? Have them for a moment and shit like that. But, you know, it's, it's left to the imagination now. You know what I'm saying? And one, one of the things that I really loved about him in WWE was the times that he did get to talk. When he was part of the Wyatt family, it was like he he accented everything that Bray was talking about. Yep. Like he made it he made it sound bigger, and he made yep. it he made he made it sound with like more reason. Like all he did when he went and joined the authorities, he, all he said is, "I'm a team player," and everybody looked at him. He had these wide eyes and shit. You're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, we fucking with this nigga right here. Yeah, this dude, this is the nigga we need right here." Hell yeah, you know. I thought I thought he was gonna get a big, big push off of that. Oh hell yeah, me too. I thought he was gonna get a really big push off of that, and um, I mean, it didn't really go down like that, which is cool. It is what it is. You know, it's just moments that you see, and you're like, damn, that those are moments lost. You know what I'm saying? Like that whole that whole little segment where he was by himself. I, I really I really thought something was gonna come about from that man. I mean we did get to see an IC title reign. It was short lived because right. that that Jesus Lord that fucking ladder match at TLC with Dolph Ziggler was fucking fire, you know. And it made kind of like that match kind of made me appreciate Dolph Ziggler a little more, you know, because I I was on the Dolph Ziggler train for a little while and then I got you know I I got off a couple of stops ago, but it just made me really see how good Dolph Ziggler is and how good just the roster in general has been for WWE the past 10 years. Yeah, man. And Luke Harper was definitely there. He was definitely on that cusp of like, damn, can he really go? Because he had a match with AJ Styles. Yeah. He had a match with AJ Styles for the number one contender. Uh A number one contender WWE match. And... Yo, I was just blown away, man. Just going back, I was like, damn, I remember this shit on SmackDown. I was like, wow, this was fire. You know, that was one of the matches that really, that I saw, and I was like, yo, this motherfucker's nice, bro. This dude is nice. Like, I think, and I'm like, yo, imagine him and Keith Lee right now. Or imagine him and Dijak. You know what I'm saying? Or him and Damian Priest. You know, like... That that would have been crazy instead of like letting him go, let him go back to NXT and be a singles, yo. That shit would have been fire, right? Because yo, he proved that he can go, man. And it's like if they would have let him talk, he could cut a promo too. I just definitely. <sighs> rest in peace. Yes, rest in peace. Brody Lee, Luke Harper, John Huber. Rest you in the man. peace, my brother. Oh, uh, man, but uh, you know what? I think this is a perfect segue into the next topic. Which right. is um somebody I didn't even know he was so fucking close with, who is basically labeled his son's best friend, Big E, winning the right. IC title last Friday. Yes, sir. 
And I can't front. I, I remember I texted you. I had I had found it <laughs> like a bit early, and I was like, I fucked up, and I saw the spoilers. Now I don't even want to watch it. And you was like, you made it a point of not telling me to not tell you, but you told me in a different way. You was like, yeah, I didn't check the internet, and I was like, all right, I'm not gonna say nothing, motherfucker. You find out on Friday, that nigga. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna fucking spoil it for myself, bro. I, was I loved not. it though, cause I didn't expect I didn't expect a lumberjack match, which is dope, cause we haven't seen one in a while, and they did it pretty good. Cause you know sometimes those shits can be a little hokey, you know what I mean? But, but they did it good, you know what I mean? They had the bad guys be bad guys. Yeah, beating up guys. beating up Biggie, the good right. guys doing a good thing, just throwing this nigga back in the ring and shit. You right, know what right. I'm saying? And shout out to Apollo Crews for his DK Metcalf like speed and chasing down fat ass. <laughs> Word up, bro! Back in the ring, yo, but he <laughs> jumped on him. Yo, his big ass jumped on little Sami Zayn, bro. <laughs> I think I think Sami Zayn must have broke a rib or something because I I know I know Apollo just splashed him. I think it's out six weeks with a cracked rib. <laughs> but yo, this is the start. And listen, I was like, because I remember Wood asked in a group chat. He was like, you know, why is this a big deal? And I explained to him why, you know, it was a big deal and why it's important for a person coming out of a tag team or a faction situation to establish themselves as a single star. Certain talent doesn't need a title, but certain talent can elevate a title. And yeah. I think he's such a big star He's going to take that icy belt and bring it up to a bigger status. Because, yo, Sammy's a workhorse wrestler, so he defended it in a different way. I gave him all the props in the world. He got over as a heel, did his thing, classic chicken shit heel, did his thing. Thank you, Sammy Zane, for building it up for a super baby face like Big E to take that title off of you. And now, now the gloves are off for E. Now E got to have a run where he beats all the SmackDown's heels, bro. Not the top three or four, but from like four, from like five through ten, he has to run through all of them yeah. and win and defend the title in order to put himself in a position to launch himself into the main title picture. Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. Springboard that he needed, and I'm so glad that he got it because he fucking deserves it. He's worked his ass off for it. The nigga's in some great shape. I don't know if you've seen him. His titties ain't jiggling as much. Them shits is a little firm. I don't know if he got a breast Yo. implant. <laughs> them shits look like if you hit one of his titties, you might crack your fucking hand on that shit. <laughs> like my dude is doing his thing, and I'm so fucking glad for it, bro. Some yeah, shit. like like what you were saying, like not going all against the top heels, but just like that right. mid to bottom half. Right. Um, I want to see that, but I don't want to see it constantly. Like, I don't want to see it that, like, every... No, no, yeah, yeah. I understand what you were saying. But just, like, I feel like it might be something that WWE does where, like, they they over-deliver on it. And I just want them to let it play out. Because right now, I feel like there's two stories being told heading in to the Royal Rumble. You know, you got Big E with this big title win. He's going to get another, like, three, four big wins. Under right. his belt, by the time Rumble comes around, you know what I'm saying, and I can see him kind of do not a gauntlet or anything like that, but kind of do, you know, overtime, trying to try, do a double like for for certain events, like yeah. let's say for the Royal Rumble, and we have the other another story with Daniel Bryan, you know what I'm saying, yeah. like Daniel Bryan in the beginning of the year even said it. he's like, yo, this is this is kind of like my last one as, as a full time 
wrestle for WWE. Like he's gonna start transitioning to that part time side. You know, he got the family and all that other good stuff. And he even said himself before he said he was gonna join the Royal Rumble. He was like, "Yo, you know, something I never did in my career was win the Royal Rumble." So you got two good stories here. You can either have Biggie win. Go to the Rumble and we'll have a title for title match. A la fucking WrestleMania 6. Or we could have another feel-good story for Daniel Bryan. And I feel that Daniel Bryan is such a great talent that the people are gonna be riding with him on this one. Yeah, they are. I think you they know? are too. I think a lot of people a lot of the fans, especially like fans like us, we realize that it's winding down for him, you know. Yeah. He's just taking their toll. He got two kids now. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's winding down for him. But he's so over still that, like you said, we can still have another, you know, miracle on Bourbon Street. Yeah. Like Michael. But you know I mean? but Roman Reigns is the best heel at the moment to fuck all that shit up. And it's not even close. As to the difference between the number one heel to the number two heel. There's such a gap between that that it's insane. He's by far the number one heel, the number one attraction on SmackDown. Maybe in all of WWE because, yo, I, I'm not a real... The rating shit kind of pisses me off, but we can't not... You can't de- deny it. Like, the motherfucker comes on the screen and two million people turn to Fox to see this nigga. Yo, my nigga, he, four million plus in that first hour. And nigga, on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. After NFL fuck? games. Ain't right. no, ain't nobody was body shaming him. <laughs> Not at all. Listen, Jer- Jericho, man. Jericho, funny. Jericho, you better stop playing with them NBA fans. These niggas is from the hood. They... they <laughs> They crack on niggas for money, for fun. Stop playing. You do not got jokes on these niggas. For for you likes know? and retweets, nigga. <laughs> you gonna walk around? You gonna start wrestling in a fucking in a onesie? Stop playing. Stop. Playing. They gonna make you feel like shit. You better find a gate and lay on that motherfucker to have abs next week. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they better laser etch them shits into your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, oh, some real shit though, what they get like. The reason, the reason why I would want Daniel Bryan now over Big E, even though I've been championing for Big E to win the Royal Rumble, is because I feel that from now till SummerSlam could be like that period in time where Big E ascends himself to the top, to where he oh, is that dude that's going to take Roman Reigns out of the top spot. And it's a beautiful, beautiful setup for SummerSlam. And I feel like that's what we're going to get next year. It's going to be a biggie versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. I don't think the title's coming off Roman for a while. I yeah. think they know already where they're going to go as far as who's going to be his opponent at WrestleMania. If it is going to be Daniel Bryan with another, you know, Daniel Bryan, this is my last run type of a thing, I'm not mad at that. That's perfect. And whether he wins or whether he puts Roman over, either way, it helps both of them at the end of the day. I feel like to give E this moment right now, it's a little too soon, bro. Yep. Like, maybe maybe even SummerSlam might be a little too soon, but 
It's their second biggest event of the year. So that can be, all right, you, you didn't get the WrestleMania moment where you won the main title. Maybe between now and Mania, he loses the IC title and he wins it back at WrestleMania, which then pushes him into the title picture for the summer and the fall. That's cool with me too. I'm not mad at that. But I agree with you with the two main baby faces going forward that seem to be the biggest challenge for Roman moving forward are Daniel more in the immediate future and Biggie more in the further future. But he's still going to get his moment. And I'm saying this right now, bro. In 2021, Big E is going to raise that Universal Championship. Yes, definitely. And I and I feel like it's going to be at SummerSlam, bro. This is all just steps for him to take. Uh, right. Like I said, Daniel Bryan is the perfect winner for the Royal Rumble. Right. Uh, and just because the perfect villain for him to take him out is Roman Reigns. So exactly. I just feel like that's that's exactly what, what might happen, man. I feel like... And I, I wouldn't mind that, bro. Fucking... Reigns and and Brian and at, at Mania? No, I wouldn't mind that at all. Why that's not? A, you that's know, a marquee but... match. We're we're definitely not gonna get the Rock versus Roman. We're not gonna get that. Nah, you know, I don't think that's. I heard I heard that the Rock said he wants fans. Like he ain't trying to do this shit just for him, Roman, and, and Vince to see. Which you know, you got you gotta understand that, bro. This motherfucker's the highest paid Hollywood actor, bro. Yeah, my son cleared a my son almost cleared a billion dollars last year. Some crazy notes for his movies. Yeah, he rich rich. That nigga's chilling. That nigga he wipes his ass with five dollar bills. But yo, <laughs> God damn. Fucking, fucking um, what was I gonna say? Oh, something else I want to talk about on SmackDown, bro. That triple threat women's tag team match. Mm. Listen, listen, just those six girls alone. You can put, you can take those six girls alone, and they'll whip the whole AEW women's roster by themselves. <laughs> yeah, but that's not, it's not even fair to compare. To be honest, nah, it's not it's fair like, to compare. And and you know what's crazy? The newest person, the youngest person, the one with the least amount of experience, which is Bianca Belair. She fucking shined. Yeah. Like a superstar. Look at the girls she was in the ring with, bro. And I'm watching this. And I'm telling my girl. And she's like, she's new, right? And I was like, yeah, but look who she's in the ring with. That means that they trust her. Because you got with one, two, three, four, five former women's champions. You got the current women's champion from both brands. And you got the tag team champions in the ring with this new girl. That says a lot about her and how good she is. Because she's fucking great, son. Like, yep. shit, that girl is good. And, you know, uh, that pop-up that she did simultaneously with Charlotte... Yeah, uh, the, the back and forth for sure. Everything oh, just looked smooth yeah, and great. Oh, and then that Things and Charlotte in the ring together again after a while. And yo, why? they ain't even lose a beat, bro. Not at all. But you know why? You know why, bro? Because Charlotte is so fucking good. And <laughs> Sasha, Sasha just might be just a little bit better athletically. Because Charlotte has to be the base. Because she's fucking six foot. Damn near 200 pounds. So she had base. But at the end of the day, she could do all those running head scissors, her and Karana shits too at her size, which is, I'm sorry, that's crazy for uh, to see someone, uh, especially a female athlete, that built because she's prolic. You usually don't see them move around like that. She's a different breed, my nigga. And Sasha is not big. 
but she can move around and goddamn she can sell her ass off because you kick that bitch and it looks like she got shot with a fucking soda. <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm like, yo, she's dead. She broke her back. I said, it's over. Bring out the ambulance. Her career's done. Oh, I forgot. She's just really fucking good and made me believe that she was broken in half. Thank you, Sasha. I appreciate that because some of these other girls, Jesus. Yeah. But I'll tell you this though, bro. The eventual split is coming quick between Charlotte and Oscar because Charlotte oh, yeah. can stay a baby face, bro. Nah, but you know what? I want Charlotte to stay the baby face and I want Oscar to be the one that turns. But I think I think the fans they tried that and it didn't work because the fans just fuck with her so much. She's not gonna get booed. It's hard to get sympathy on Charlotte because of nigga, she's Charlotte. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's easier to do it the other way. And it kind of makes more sense being that Oscar's the champion. Unless you can do it as a, I'm paranoid, this bitch is going to take my title, so let me take okay. her out first. But you could do that, and she could play like the sadistic person. We've seen Oscar do that. We've, We've seen, seen Oscar as a heel, and it's great. And I wish that they would have stuck with it, but I mean, with Homegirl leaving, and then with Becky getting pregnant, her giving her the title basically just turns her de facto baby face. Oh, of course. Which, Listen, she was only a couple of weeks pregnant. She could have took a small bump. She could have cut a miss to chill, the face. Chill, the chill, you can't risk the bebe, bro. She could have just took a, a bump, bump, you know what I mean? A little you can't sp- risk the bebe. No risk for the bebe, bro. No. <laughs> no risk for the bebe. No one's ready for Oscar, not even your baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, man, I would like to see Oscar be the one to turn. I I would love to see that, bro, and just let her get back to her her ways, bro, like the way she was in Japan. That would be right, amazing, right. you know what I'm saying? So, let's see what happens, man. But uh, talking about this year in in full, uh, we had some top moments. We had a, we had a lot of top performers, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like with the top performers. We could cut it into the quarters of the year. You right. know what I'm saying? Because I just feel like there were so many big performers and it was just in spurts. You know what I'm saying? Like they were all in their rifle rifle place within like the first, second, third, and fourth quarter of the year. Like right. for me, in the beginning, it was for for AEW was Moxley. Right. You know what I'm saying? Down in the beginning, bro. Moxley started off the year with a fucking bang and went through it hard body. Like, I, I can't even take anything away from him. He has some pretty good matches. Some were so-so. But through everything, even through the pandemic, did his thing. Cody, another one. Cody was having amazing matches. And he was having great matches with indie guys. Yep. Guys that nobody's seen. Like, he's, he put he put a lot of light on a lot of guys. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, when I say, like, through the quarters, a guy like Eddie Kingston came in in yeah. the last the last quarter of the year, the last couple of months of the year, had a great match with Cody, had a fucking fantastic segment with Mox, and I felt yeah. like he sold that whole match on his own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Brody Lee, the, sec- the, the second and third quarters of the year with Brody Lee was fucking amazing. Uh... <laughs> As soon as the pandemic started, the second quarter of the year, you had people like MVP, Randy Orton, having like these, like like this kind of like a renaissance. 
Oscar, in her career. Oscar, Sasha, even yo, hair from jump holding it down the whole year. Even like you know through I mean? through some through through a couple of weeks, you, you saw Zelina Vega get mad time with fucking yep. with uh what you call it with Garza and um Almas. Word, we can't we can't forget about them when the pandemic started, cause yo, Garza, um, Almas, Zelina, Austin Theory, they were putting in work against Drew, against Alistair Black, another nigga. People another one on. putting in work, yeah, what about, man. What about Seth and Buddy Murphy and Rey Mysterio and yeah. Dominic? Think yeah. about them either. Kevin you know Owens. I mean? like, Kevin Owens, like. There was a lot of people, Rhea Ripley for the NXT brand. Like, there was a lot of people in the, when this shit first started, they were holding it down. And then, you know, people either started taking time off or they took people off TV. And then you had the second wave in the summer, which was, yo, and we, I know you're going to agree with me on this. Nobody held it down between May through like October, November, the way that the Hurt Business held it down MVP took three niggas who wasn't yo Bobby Lashley was married to Lana this time last year on TV bro (laughs) this time last year on TV he was in a storyline with fucking Lana look what he's doing now dominant United States champion 200 days now I think it is or 100 and something days as United States champion holding it down Cedric and Shelton Benjamin are tag team champions what the fuck were they doing at the beginning of the year? Nigga, MVP might be the whole MVP for WWE. Just for what he did. For wrestling. For the that he's built up. Like, look what he did, bro. He's the OG, and he took... And I mean, Bobby Lashley's not a young nigga, and neither is Shelton Benjamin, but just where they, where they were stacked on the card, it kind of looked like they were young niggas. He took these dudes, and look what he put them, bro. Like, MVP gets all my respect for what he's done this year. And for himself getting in the ring and still putting people over as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, man. MVP has been a blessing in disguise for uh, for WWE. He was only supposed to be there as an agent, voter manager, and, you know, he's like, yo, fuck it. I guess I got to put the boots back on and do my thing. Let's, let's even go back before that. He was only supposed to be a surprise entrant at the, at the Royal Rumble and yeah. then have one match against Rey Mysterio for his son. Then they bought him back for the MVP lounge. Then they bought him back to be an agent. And then they put him back on the MVP lounge. And then they put the nigga with Bobby Lashley. And poof, the shit took off. Yep. Like, yo. And it, you know what that does? It kind of pisses me off because it's like you had this nigga 10 years ago. The same guy. With the same gift of gab. Maybe better. It made me in better shape at the time. But they never pulled the trigger on giving him a legit, solid singles run as a threat to a main champion. Yeah, he was the United States champion, but you never felt like he was a threat to the to the world champion at the time. And I mean, yes, when he was US type champ, niggas like Batista and Undertaker were fucking world champs. So all right, I get that point. Hmm. But give him a match at least, bro. Let him get in there to show you what he can do. He never got that chance back then. When I, so I kinda... Well there was I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard of rumors that the reason why he didn't get uh, that type of a main event push for the world title is because since he had just just had gotten out of being locked up a couple years before that, right? Attitude. He couldn't he couldn't fly out the country. 
Right, you're right. He he wasn't allowed to fly internationally, which made him. He never did. He didn't do no international tours to his last couple of years there, because his parole. And that's crazy to even think that that shit is true. But he lost. Look at the money and shit that he missed out on by not being able to do that because of what happened in his past life. Like that's crazy, bro. That is crazy. Yeah, that is. The, that's that's insane, bro. That's insane. Right. That's crazy, bro. Like, yo, her business. Probably the best thing in WWE in in 2020, besides Drew establishing himself as a superstar, besides Randy Orton reemerging as a top top psychotic out of his mind piece of shit sick fuck heel. And Wyatt. Uh, oh, we didn't even mention Wyatt. Oh, we didn't even mention Bray. <laughs> Bray at the beginning of this year was fucking Universal Champ. <laughs> like, yep. That's crazy, nigga. He killed John Cena. He killed John Stewart. <laughs> he went Summer Slam as Universal Champ. Like, it's bugged out, bro. So much in it, you know, so much shit happened this year. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, yo, I forgot this match happened. Shit, I forgot this happened. Like, holy shit. Like, all the the movement the movement, the moving and shaking, the people getting released, people showing up in different places, like, so much shit happened this year. What was your I know you can't maybe not narrow it down to one, but like, what's like your favorite match, moment, comeback, surprise of the year? You know what I mean? In any order, I don't give a fuck. Shit, bro. Uh, favorite match? Shit. I mean, I I got a list of at least fifteen matches Whew. that I seen this year that I, I was just <laughs> like, fuck, bro, this shit is just beyond fire. But um. Right. One match that really stuck out to me crazy was the the pair of matches between Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. Yeah, so it was like those matches, um, Finn and Gargano from NXT Portland, uh, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles in the finals of the IC title match, for the IC title. Uh Oh, of course, Finn versus Kyle O'Reilly, TakeOver 31. Right. Walter uh, versus Druganoff. Oh, Walter versus Dragunov, forget about it. Oh, Riddle Riddle versus Thatcher in the, in the fight cage, in the fight pit. Right, right, uh, right. Thatcher versus Ciampa. Right, another uh, good ass. From the G1 Climax, Ishii versus Jeff Cobb. Yes, sir. Oh. Um, Oh, such a hoss fight. Jesus Lord. Uh yo, listen, man. The culmination of six years for the boy Naito. You know, Naito Okada, Wrestle Kingdom 14, night two. Right. Right. Um right. We talked about it. Cody versus Brody Lee, the dog collar match. Sasha Bailey at Hell in a Cell. Right. Penta versus right. Omega during the um World Title Tournament. Yeah, the World Title Tournament. Shout out to them. Versus Roman Reigns in the Hell in the Cell. Yes, 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 yes. Um, There's no way I cannot put one of those matches on my list. Those exactly. matches, incredible, bro. Uh, incredible. Yo, a match that I feel like that doesn't get talked about a lot, and I I felt like it was a dope fucking match. Was the ladder match at Takeover 30 with Priest, Reed, Grimes, Gargano, and Velveteen Dream for the you know what for the North American title. I think because Dream was in it and all that shit going around, like it doesn't get. It's just dude. There was some clunky spots with Bronson Reed and shit. He ended up getting hurt there. That's why he's been out this this whole time because mm-hmm. he got hurt in that that match. 
but I thought that match was off the hook. Hell I think yeah. it like Priest should not be climbing the ladder in the middle of the ring. He's too fucking big, but <laughs> just look ill because the nigga's like six ten or some shit. Like, yeah, bro. There, there was NXT definitely delivered a lot of great matches. AEW had a couple. Yeah, I thought um, I thought Omega versus Hangman for the finals of the World Title Tournament was yeah. fucking. Hangman is underratedly one of the best wrestlers out right now. It's just his character is shit, but whatever. His we'll character is shit because he needs the crowd. Yeah, he needs the crowd for his character, definitely. Yeah. That's why I feel like somebody like Elias and people like Velveteen are floundering a little bit because yeah. they don't have that crowd reaction to the things that they do. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, bro. Anything Roman versus Jay in the Hell in a Cell, Roman Yo, versus oh, Kevin. My bad. A, a, a um, match from, from full gear, bro. Fucking Bucks and FTR. FTR, another crazy ass tag. Yo, one of the better tag matches I've seen in a long time. Yeah, not for nothing. that definitely. I, I would. Oh man, you know what? Fuck it. I, that was the best tag match of the year. Uh yeah, yeah. It's hard to argue that. You honestly. know, the the one that comes close would have to be uh New Day Street Profits from Survivor Series. That was a good match. You know, another good match that people slept on was the five way match for the number one contender on impact which was rich swan eddie edwards ace austin oh that's Fuck. when um that's when he eric young fucked yeah up he debuted and he won right right yeah won, yeah, right? yeah 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 was off the hook definitely definitely there's a couple of bangers out there bro what about like moment what's your moment of the year because there's a lot they fucking stand out a lot. Like, well, Edge coming back at Royal Rumble, nigga, my hair's standing up. Yeah, that shit was a fucking legit. That was beautiful. That was beautiful, man. Yes, that was beautiful. Yes, but I feel like, and man, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna sound like a fucking WWE stooge, bro. But fuck it, Roman Reigns coming back. Yeah, Roman Reigns' comeback at. At um, right. SummerSlam? Yo, listen. You cannot put a number on what this nigga does. Like, nope. him coming back and him embracing the heel in him, embracing everything about himself and putting it out there for everybody to see, it's, it's fucking... It's beautiful, bro. It's, it's fucking a masterpiece at work right now. You feel what I'm saying? Like... Dude, this motherfucker looks like money, bro. This, yeah. this, that, that right there, that's a prototype. He's a, pro, of course, he's a prototype, typical Vince guy. But you cannot deny the star power. You cannot deny the in ring work. This motherfucker is on top of his game. And the numbers speak for itself. You know, right. The, he, he is a needle. Mover. Yep. Everything that he does, everything that he's done since he come back has been strategically planned. He doesn't give away too much. He comes in the ring. He's changed his move set. And yo, some people, you know, you hear that you know wrestlers say it's easier to be a heel because when you're a baby face, you're expected to act this way, that way, and this way. Blah blah blah. And now that he has shed that burden or 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 shed that 
shit where he has to be smiling and happy all the time, I kind of feel like the nigga's way more comfortable doing what he's doing now. Because, yo, everything from the promo work to the way he walks to the motherfucking ring to the way he moves in the ring to how he wrestles, everything just works and just clicks. And if you're a wrestling fan and you're watching WWE and if you do not hate this nigga for what he's done right now, I don't know what the fuck you're watching because we love it. We love it because we're, we're fans. But if I just put it on and I'd never seen it before and I see this dude, six foot three, 260, whatever the fuck, standing there with the hair and the fucking facial hair and the tats and all that and Paul Heyman's next to him, I'm going to be like, ew, fuck this dude. Just by looking <laughs> on some shit. I'm going to look at him and be like, yo, fuck this dude. And he opens his mouth and he talks like this. And he doesn't raise his voice. And he doesn't get mad. He just gets violent. Which is like, yo, this guy's a fucking bad dude. I don't want to be around this guy. Somebody beat him up. And nobody could beat him up because he fucks everybody up. The He's shit the he did bad. to the shit he did to Kevin Owens when he just looked at him and he was no. uh, he was handcuffed to the cage. He just laughed at him. He's like, I'm taking a step. He's like, right. if I take one more, you're you're done. You're over. Your family doesn't <laughs> eat tonight. I'm like, damn, this nigga's a dickhead, bro. Word. Word. <laughs> Word up, bro. Word up. You know, and uh uh yo dude, to be honest, it's just that moment and also a feel good moment for me as just as just a wrestling fan was seeing Eddie Kingston get getting his just dues, bro. Listen, a dude I was, that has grinded so fucking hard and I was done so everything gassed. and he's a New Yorker? Right. I was so gassed that he was going to win, bro. On some shit. Oh, hell yeah. Like, He's taking it. They're going to give him his moment. He got to get his moment. I just and knew he wasn't going to win. I knew he wasn't going to win, but I was still cheering for him, bro. Oh, nigga, we forgot about... How can we forget about the only double champion in NXT history? Oof, Keith big moment. You moonsaults off the top rope, bitch. Lee, fuck is you talking about right big now? Big moment. Yo, and that was a big match. A big match? With a couple of things that I felt like should have been done differently. Like, you know, him not selling so much for a guy that was so... A lot well, more smaller than him. But right. at the end of everything, the match was really good. The match was beautiful. Fucking great moment. Um, You know, a fucking idiot from the Performance Center had to put it up on fucking social media. Kind of fucked everything up. And get, what happened to those two motherfuckers? Uh, well, you see my boy <laughs> with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> you know what those two? You know what those two motherfuckers are? Back at the performance center, packing their bags to go do NXT India when that shit stops next starts next year. That's where they at. Oh well, because they on the roster for that shit. Both of them niggas. That's it. Yes, you're done. <laughs> Have a time. Go back home. You fucked up. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Nah, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> Keith Lee as a double champ was a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, a beautiful man. thing. Um, there was some, there was some, a lot of you know surprises, debuts, people moving around, like Good Brothers going to Impact. I didn't think that was gonna happen. I swore they were gonna. When, go to when Impact got all those stars. Yeah, man. Out of nowhere. East. They got Brian Myers, who's uh, one of their top baby faces right now. He's such a 
dick on that show, bro. I'm like, wow, this guy's good. You know who he reminds me of? And I know this is a big praise. He reminds me of early rated R superstar Edge. Edgehead? Right. But he's, <laughs> taken, he's taken a lot of that early early heel Edge shit. He's using it. Like, the matches have all been have all been bloody. He's wrestled like they're veterans. And it's like, he's kind of doing that type of thing. And I kind of see them getting behind him a little bit. Yeah. I can see him, you know, being a champ there soon. Like, you can tell that they like him. And he's doing his thing. So, you know what? Fuck it. Let, let, let it ride out. Let him do his thing. I'm not mad at anybody making money. Definitely. Though, so. Definitely, man. Uh, what about, like... Yo, you know, you know what, bro? We forgot. So, we forgot to, you know, give this guy his just dues as well, man. Fucking uh, Pat McAfee. Ooh, wait. And, and young uh, Dominic Guerrero. Yeah, man. Yo. Dominic Guerrero. <laughs> young Dominic Guerrero was out here wowing. Yo. <laughs> Yo, Mr. Uh, what you gonna call it? Uh, Mr. Custody on a pole over here. Custody on a pole match. I am your dad. Oh Listen, homie, homie got some talent, bro. He's gonna. Yeah, he's gonna be good in a couple of years. He's gonna man. be good, man. People, people were shitting on him at first, and I think some of the the the, the beatdown with the Singapore cane, though, definitely, definitely made people be like, I can't hate on this kid, bro, because I'm not taking those hits, dude. Yeah, that was, was his. That that right there was initiation night, bro. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolute initiation. Not only initiation, but also not just to the fans, but nigga to the people in the back, bro. Yep. You already know some of these vets were looking at this kid like this kid got a WrestleMania match. Like what? This kid, he's on pay per view, and I'm not. What the fuck? And then they whip his ass with a Singapore cane, and they had welts for a month. And it's like, I ain't no doubt, cause guess what? I ain't doing that at this point in my career. So what the fuck? <laughs> So you know what? Take take that WrestleMania match. I'm good. I already got two. I saved them. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, man. And Pat McAfee. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Pat McAfee is the new Bobby Heenan of this era. Just like, Yo, but it, the only difference is that he could get in the ring and perform. Right. You know, Bobby Heenan was a lot past his years. You know, when he was in the WWE, but this, this he could just his his whole thing. Could be what Bobby Heenan shit was. Bobby Heenan wanted to end Hulkamania. Right. His shit I like is, the- I want to end the Undisputed, Undisputed Era. Era. He's he's like Lex Luthor to the Undisputed Era. He's using like money. <laughs> because I was reading today that he's not going to be used on TV for the foreseeable future, right? And somebody wrote that they was like, how'd you get fired on Christmas? And he's like, I don't know. And apparently, I got fired on Christmas. And then the nigga was like, is it true that Bobby Fish slipped on your fucking self-tan and fucked his shoulder up? And that's the reason that he's out. And he's like, you know, being being a fucking sarcastic prick with his answer, he's like, well, I don't know, because the first time I came out, I put on the wrong self-tan. I sprayed too much. I got into Adam Cole's eye. His eye was fucked up. I came out the second time. I laid in a, in a tanning booth, and then I sprayed some of this shit on. So maybe I sprayed too much of it on. If he slipped, he should have better wrestling boots. And I laughed reading this shit. And I'm like, 
I wouldn't be surprised if that's why he's not on TV right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Use their own self tanner. You suspended for six months. Like, what the fuck? How am I supposed to know this shit? And but then yeah, history like, could be like, I bought my way back in. I bought my way. I paid my way back in. It's cool, bro. He's he don't like, need to be there every week, though. He yo, but he should. He should really like sell it. Like, I talked to Paul. Everything is good. <laughs> Me and Paul had a conversation. You know, Vin, you know, my boy Vinnie Mac was there. Shane got his cocktails. Right. <laughs> Just sell them. I showed, I showed him how I made a million dollars in seven different businesses. Like, okay. Yo, like, that's what he... I, oh, my God. That would be so fucking dope, bro. That would be so dope if that shit would happen. Well, you know, you want to know why I think he's not going to be on TV every week? Because he's a better promo than every fucking body they have on TV right now at NXT. And that's a fact, bro. It's, yeah. it's a little hard to find someone that's active on their roster that has a better promo than him right now, honestly. Uh, he's got some good, damn. But I don't know about better. You feel me? I'm talking about who's better than him with the way that he presents his promos. All right, he's not a full-time staffer, so he probably has much more flexibility with the things he's able to say and able to deliver it. But that's the problem sometimes with NXT. Sometimes these niggas sound very robotic. Yeah. And there's only people that stand out. And McAfee stands out because he talks shit for a living. So you're going to fucking stand out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, bro. He's he's just a douche, bro. You got to love it. You got to love it. He's good, him. man. He, um, they, I like what they did with that group. That little group is good, bro. They should keep those three niggas together. And I definitely see Pete Dunne, another person, in 2021... He's going to raise gold in NXT. I can see him being NXT world champ on some shit. Okay. He's been so, in the brand for a while, and he's somebody that they can build around as a heel because he's just too fucking good, bro. Okay, so, you know, we've been making predictions through the show. I see that, you know, we got we got Big E going, going for a big year this year. Uh, Daniel, well, I'm, I don't know if you agree, but, you know, with the Daniel Bryan winning the Royal Rumble, yeah, yeah. I think that's very plausible. Okay. It's very plausible. Uh, but there's someone on Raw who I feel definitely can take that spot as well. Who? And that's Keith. Keith Lee? Yeah, some. That that could you be see, another one. That could be another big see, a big uh big winner right there. Right. You see how just a couple of weeks ago people were losing their mind that they're sending him back to the PC and just three short weeks later he got a Fucking title match on Raw. All I gotta say about that, bro. Shout yo, shout out to Sheamus. Shout out to Sheamus. <laughs> shout out to Sheamus for putting over Keith Lee and beating ass in the midst of that. And I don't know what they're doing with Sheamus right now. If they're gonna keep him here or turn him tweener. Because let me tell you, he's another nigga. The fans fuck with him. So if they turn him heel, he can be a strong heel. Yeah. And if, if and if they turn him babyface. He'll definitely be over as a babyface role, definitely, especially right now. But uh, so we got Keith Lee maybe winning. So either Keith Lee, Daniel Bryan, is what you're saying. I could. All right. So Keith Lee from the Raw side. I'm gonna put Matt Riddle as a dark horse on the Raw side. Who I read today also signed a three year extension with WWE. So the bro is there for a while. They're putting stock in him as they should because he's a great talent. Yes, and. You know what I'm saying? As they should. But he's a dark horse for me. On SmackDown, I got it either Daniel Bryan. And I'm still going to put E in there. 
I'm gonna put Ian there as a loses the Intercontinental title at Royal Rumble, wins the Royal Rumble match. Ooh, that title. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Or keeps the title and still wins the Royal Rumble on top of that. So you want to talk about momentum moving forward? There you go. But at the end of the day, that can be, you know, the classic immovable object versus the whatever the fuck other adjective. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it like you. You're the best. But, you know what I mean? It might be that type of a scenario but, oh, where was it momentum, but he runs into the mountain that's Roman Reigns. Yeah. And he just can't push through. You feel me? The, the immovable object versus the unstoppable force. There you go. That's what it is. <laughs> I can't even talk. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh shit. Um okay, I mean I could I could I could fucks with that. I could fucks with that. Uh well, who I see making moves in AEW going into the new year, mm. I feel that we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see a couple of things. I feel we're gonna see a Cody a Cody heel turn finally. Yes, I I think so too. I I feel we're gonna see that. We're gonna see that in one of their big shows. They they have to hold that for a big show. Maybe uh, Evolution in February. Um, I see. I I don't know why, bro. I mean, I've been I've been saying since the beginning of AEW that Darby Allen's a star, right? He's a star. I just don't know if the sting uh like the sting partnership or whatever sting has in the works there with him is gonna help that i don't know like some something's just kind of throwing me off about that uh i think it's gonna help him bro yeah i i think i think having that type of a character that he has and having that type of a character to back you can only help you because of the similarities, but they're also so different that Sting could legitimize him. Like this guy can wrestle anybody, don't matter how big you are, how small you are. He, he's going to take it to you a hundred percent. Like I would take it to anybody, you know, bigger or smaller. It didn't matter. You know, you always going to get a hundred percent from Sting, but what made Sting a star and what made him different from everybody else in WCW is how he wrestled his matches depending on who he was wrestling. You know what I mean? No, definitely. It, definitely. His wrestling, Flair, Vader. Right. It was always... He he knew how to give enough in the beginning and then pull it back to save for his comeback. You know what I mean? And give a little in between. Unless he was, you know, wrestling a jobber nigga like, let's say, Saturday night and he was going over. Whatever the case may be, but... I think Darby wrestles very similar to that. He knows how much to give. He knows when to give. He knows when to come back, what type of offense to use, when to start a comeback. And I feel like because he's so small and he could win quick with roll-ups and shit like that, that's going to help build him up. And, yo, he's another dude. And I believe with Sting in his corner, that dude is going to hold up the AEW championship. In 2021. Ooh, as okay. a baby face, as this character, with Sting in his corner, he's going to be the man. Even if it's just from one pay-per-view to the next or whatever, but he's going to hold that belt. And and that's going to really establish him as someone 
that that company should already, and I mean, you already see what they are, but should really be throwing all their money at as to build, you know, around him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like the Sting thing is, is going to help him because they're similar, but they're different. The generational gap, all that shit, it just works. The mind game type of thing. Like, them niggas look at each other and it's like, do they like each other? Do they not? Are they talking to each other? Is the fucking, do they making, is the face paint communicating? Like, I don't get it. What the fuck's going on here? But it just works for me. So I think, I think that it's dope, honestly. All right, all right. Uh, well, for me, the one person I see holding that AEW world title next year is Pac. Ooh. I feel that we're not going to see... I don't think we're going to see Moxley for like almost a year. You know what I mean? I, I think, well, Renee, Renee Young is, I guess, what, four months pregnant now? Five months, maybe? Just about, yeah. And let's say he's out for another six. You know, we were talking about him coming back in the summer months. I feel when he comes back, of course, he's got to come back and answer, you know, and Kenny Omega has to answer him when he gets back. But I right. just feel that Pac is going to is going to really start generating some some movement. He's going to start generating some traction. And I just feel the Lucha Bros itself, they, if they don't want uh, uh, Ray Phoenix to hurt himself, <laughs> they gotta have him in more tag matches. They gotta have I mean, him in more tag matches. Out with a knee injury, isn't he? Uh, now no, he's back. He's there. But what I'm trying to say is that, like, I feel like they're gonna be in a lot more tag situations, and I could see them in the tag team picture. Getting getting those belts as well. Another tag team I'm gonna see. That they're gonna. I think it's gonna make a lot of moves. And you know they're okay right now. Like they're coming into their own. Is uh the Varsity Blondes? Yo, they got in a lot of big wins on Dark. They got some nice little tag team offense. Them niggas look similar. They're not small, but they're not big. Yo, I, I like them as a tag team. Yeah, bro. they're a good. Tag team, they just got it. I think they, they almost have it all together. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think Brian Pillman Jr. and his boy, they're really they're 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 really gonna they're gonna start gaining some traction too, man. They're gonna have some tag team title wins there too. Um not 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 like not get the titles in twenty twenty one, but I think they're gonna put themselves in the conversation as like a top five team within the within the organization. Not but, for nothing. AEW's tag division right now is kind of making it's kind of making NXT's tag division look bad, bro. Because yo, I like Grizzly Young Veterans. I think they're a good team. Birch and and, and Lorcan as tag team champions. Always, always been, yeah, and always been good right? team. Always been a good team. Having you know having Fandango there as a veteran team to always like be in the mix is dope. And then you have Everfly. Who fucking suck? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, who's that? And then of course, undisputed era, but them niggas is hurt, so it's like, who else you got right well, now, bro? I mean, they, the undisputed, yo, dude, Adam Cole could fall into that tag picture with uh, Roderick Strong, and that's that's a formidable team right there. He could, he could. You have Roddy go against Pete Dunne tonight, which I feel like I get the storyline, um, but I feel like. It would be stronger if it was more of a team-based kind of an angle, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, definitely. Because what he's done to do, he's gonna wrestle all three of them and fucking 
beat one, lose to one, beat one, lose to one. Like, come on, bro. I don't want to see that shit either. But I kind of get it with people being hurt and shit like that, you know, to keep the storyline furthered. I understand that. But their tag division their tag division needs a little shot in the arm, not for nothing. Oh, no. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, you know, they have... Oh, and they also have Imperium there, which is Imperium. great. But and, and I just feel like they, they still need something else. They still need something else. Yeah. Because I feel like they have probably three to maybe four solid teams and all the other teams are just like whatever right and you got people that are not doing anything that you can kind of put why don't you put these two together as a team like get them some tv time niggas is too talented like Kashida and neon rough now i don't we're not really feeling those two as a team but Kashida with another talent per his level could probably be a pretty dangerous tag team. You know what I mean? I feel like Leon Ruff's too young and too new for that to work. And it's just weird. Like, I don't know. I don't get the dynamic there. Not <laughs> I think like, that was just put together for the night. Like, I don't I don't yeah, think I it's going to be something. Was, right. I think so, too. But it's just like, I was like, ah. I mean, yeah, they lost and I get it. And maybe, you know, Kushida, because he has a little thing with Austin Theory. All right, cool. No doubt. But it just didn't work for me, bro. Leon Ruff is cool and all. Great story. You know, awesome. I right, go back to being a ref. Or I don't know what you was doing. No, he was, a, he was a talent. He was always a talent, bro. Oh, man. I was, I nah, I man. Just, he's going to be good. He's going to be good, bro. Just give him some time. Dude, bro. I'm, I'm going to keep it real. Like, when he give won. Give him time. Hi. Right. Give, give him time. time. He's, he's brand new, bro. Give him time. He, well, brand new to NXT. Just right, got to right, give right. him some time, bro. But, right, um, right, right. yeah, man. Uh, I think that's the wrap-up right there. And, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, we got a lot to look forward for in 2021. And that's just cool. overall, 2020 was definitely better than expected. Especially with all the circumstances and the way we live in now, in the whole world, where, you know, everything is pretty much either shut down or you're just kind of localized to where you're at and you can't really right. go anywhere from there. Right. So, for what these talents through all promotions, man, ROH, New Japan, uh, WWE, NXT, AEW, Impact, Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. All the talent, everything they've done, and just thank you. Thank you, and thank you for thank you to management and ownership for figuring out ways to keep the show going and trying to not, you know, get people sick or, or get the public sick and all of that. Like AW got people in the crowd, and every week it just it, they just increase people, you know, more and more, and it's like. I know Vince wants to have people in the crowd for Royal Rumble, but just the fact that, yo, business never stopped, bro. And thank you to Vince's checkbook, you know? Facts. And thank you you to the nigga that gave that grant to Florida of whatever fucking $500 million was given to Florida or whatever shit Vince did in order to slide some bread into DeSanto's pockets. Like, yo, you're going to keep this shit open. We're going to fuck you up, you heard? (laughs) Okay, keep it open. That nigga did, yo. You know what's funny? I was watching The Godfather Part Two today, right? And there was this, 
There was this scene where, you know, um, Robert De Niro plays Don Corleone, Don Vito, when he was younger. And right. he, he's like, yeah, hey, you know, he's like, I'm a, he's like, just let the family go back in. I know they got a dog. And he, let them go back in. Look, look, look. I'm going to give you this seven months. Seven months of rent right here. Just let them go back in. And then the guy's like, ah, you know, I, I kind of like already leased it to another person. He said, no, no, no. You're going to let this family go back into that apartment. Don't worry about it. Let them go back in. Do me the favor. He's like, I always repay a favor. I never forget a favor. And then he's like, okay. He's like, yeah. And the dog comes back too. He's like, nah, you're bugging. Fuck that shit. He's like, no, the dog comes back. Just do me a favor. Trust me. Just ask around about me. I feel right. like that's what Vince did. <laughs> listen, listen. We're going to keep this open. And what you're going to get out of this, when you let the people back, you're going to get some bread out of this. I got you. Trust me. <laughs> Atlantis always pays his debts. And so does a McMahon, motherfucker. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Fucking... Vince, Vince walked in with the with the jacket just on his shoulders. <laughs> He sat, he made the Santos kiss his pinky ring. It's a WWE Hall of Fame ring. And he kissed his bitch. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, it's an XFL championship ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's a battle bowl ring. Oh, shit. Fucking bitch. Yo. He went in there yo. with the do-rag on. <laughs> the ECW Everybody behind the scenes, writers, everyone for keeping us entertained, word, for figuring word. out how to switch storylines. Nigga, there were storylines going into WrestleMania that just disappeared. That poof, gone. There were storylines going into that that time for AEW, poof, that disappeared. Like we were talking about, Brody Lee was supposed to debut at that Rochester show. These matches and these storylines just disappeared. And niggas had to think of all new shit. Because who knows how far out they're writing and planning stuff. Like, scrap all that. We got to change everything. And kept it on. Not only did they keep it on. As the time went on, the shows got better. Because AEW was killing it in the, the beginning of pandemic. Oh, definitely. And was suffering. And then they stepped it up. And NXT stepped it up. And AEW stepped shit. Even Impact stepped it up. And fucking Ring of Honor came back. Like, New Japan came back. All this shit. And it's like, yo... Every other sports came and followed that suit. They saw what these people were doing, and they said, we're going to do something similar to that to get our fucking organizations and our sports back on TV. Yeah, yeah. You got to give it to professional wrestling for holding it down throughout the whole pandemic and for just getting better throughout the end of the year and the way all these shows have been ending this year. Every show's just been better from the last one. I want to say for the last two months, everything's been on fire, so... Shout out to them, bro, on some real shit. Cause goddamn, yeah. we're doing our wrestling right now. I mean, I shout mean, out to them, uh, and also you know, R.I.P. to the ones Word lost up, through through wrestling. You know, through life Word in general. Up. Yeah, man, we lost a lot of a lot of talent this year, bro. Yeah, a man. lot. You know, one talent that you know we talked about a lot when when it happened, but we didn't really talk about it on this episode was uh, Shad Gaspar. Right. Know, 
He died right. heroically, but you know it was just suck, man. you know it was just an- another one gone way too fucking soon, yeah, way bro. too soon. But um, yeah, man, you know uh, I I I have I have a good uh a good song to to ride out to into the new year. It's nothing new, you know. I'm gonna do some throwback shit, you know, some feel good <laughs> shit. No doubt, no doubt. You know, yeah, man. Just hope y'all like it. But uh, this was the 2020 wrap up episode for the 20 by 20 podcast. We yeah. are your host Nathan McFly with your boy B I N G Bing. You heard? You already know. You already know, bro. Peace out. like a tribe does before this did you really know what live was comprehend to the track force why cuz getting mentions on the tip of the vibe was rock and roll to the beat of the funk fuzz wipe your feet really good on the rhythm rug if you feel the urge to freak do the jitterbug come and spread your arms if you really need a hug afrocentric living is a big shrug a life filled with that's what i love a lower plateau is what we're above if you diss us, we won't even think of We'll nip the dog and give a big shove This rhythm really fits like a snug glove Like a box of positives, it's a plus love As the trial flies high like a dove
Doesn't matter if you're minor or major. Yes, the tribe of the game with a player. As you inhale like a breath of fresh air. 